Hi guys, um, quick disclaimer before we begin. We did record this podcast uh, days before uh, Tom Brady's unretirement, so apologies in advance that you will hear some quarterback talk regarding the Buccaneers. Obviously that talk is completely <laughs> irrelevant now, but um, yeah, these obviously were recorded and we would have liked to done it earlier, but people were busy and things were got in the way. So I hope you still enjoy it. I hope you still enjoy our NFC chat, but let's get underway. Hello and welcome back to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. You've heard the AFC teams, now let's hear the NFC teams. And our first division in the NFC we're going to talk about in this pod is going to be the NFC East. And with me is a returning guest, a Philadelphia Eagles fan. I have got Steve McGuinness from the Hair Dry Treatment podcast. How are you, mate? Not so bad, not so bad. Uh, missing football. It's one of those, yeah. well, what, three, four weeks now removed from the, the Super Bowl and it just... Sundays just feel empty. They really do. They really do. Once you know, once the uh, I'm so used, to, I guess so used to watching the Premier League games until four, five, six, and then straight to Red Zone, straight to Sky Sports. You watch the NFL until twelve o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, four o'clock if you're lucky enough to be up that late. And um, now, like that feeling of what do you actually do on Sunday evenings? It really is that that feeling of right. Do you watch a different sport? Do you just completely switch off? It's, it's hard to know what to do for the first few weeks as to how you how to spend your time on a Sunday. Yeah, I, I found it's like it's the whole do I spend time with family and friends? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's one of those we that initial kind of four-week period where it's pretty dead has now kind of died off. We're at mm-hmm. the stage now where it, it's getting interesting because teams are having to cut players for the season and start to make trades. Mm. Uh, trade yeah. deadline's just come up, so it you know even though we can't watch it, there's, there's interest in it, and there's even the suggestion that some of us might watch the XFL in the summer. But <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'm going to go that far just yet. I, I yeah, I think I'm, I I remember when it was the um, I think it was was the XFL two years ago, the one that got closed because of COVID. Um, the thing was the Seattle Dragons involved. I think that was the XFL, where it's fun, it's enjoyable, but it's not that, quite that same level. Um, as you get in the NFL, this is why I find sometimes college college football hard to watch because it's not quite the same ability as you get in the NFL. So it's um, definitely a different watch. Um, and don't get me started on Canadian football; that's just a whole different story altogether. Um, but yeah, NFC East, of course, your team's involved. But of course, the team that won the division last year was Dallas Cowboys. So, Steve, which three players have you focused on that the Cowboys should target? So I've focused on three positions that the Cowboys should target. Um, first off, Cowboys have actually been really active in restructuring contracts in the offseason. Uh, Zach Martin and Dunk Prescott have both converted a large portion of their salary into bonus this year, which has freed up about $22 million of cap space for salary. So that's going to help them a ton in free agency. Um, they, they would have been in a, a kind of potential cap hell situation like the Eagles were in last year had they not done that. Um, but this this gives them the, the maneuverability to be really, really, you know, really get into the, the market. So the first place I've looked at is tight end. Uh, now, Dalton Schultz had an absolute breakout year last year. Um, and obviously, he was one of the, the, the players that they really wanted to tie down. Um, now I can see, I, I saw earlier today that they'd, uh, 
the franchise tagged him uh, eleven million dollars. It's expensive for a tight end. You don't often see tight ends getting franchise tagged, but you'll appreciate like less than a day earlier, Miami tagged Mike Gesicki. So yeah. you know maybe maybe the tight end position is becoming more more important to some teams with the, the way their offenses are set. Um, so that that gives. Uh, that gives the Cowboys uh, Dalton Schultz at one side and Blake Jarwin at the other. Now, I'll be honest, Blake Jarwin, he's more of a blocking tight end for me, uh, and he is on some pretty serious money. Uh, he's due $4.8 million this year, 6.25 next year. The, the, the position is actually quite deep in free agency. Um, I, I get a feeling that they could cut him and go out, and for maybe 2 or $3 million less, they could pick up someone, um, maybe the likes of Evan Engram, who's at a bad time in, in New York, mm-hmm. but is still a very, very good pass-catching tight end. Or David Njoku, who you know, spent most of the last year saying how he wanted to leave Cleveland, and this year will be given the opportunity to leave Cleveland. Um, and I've always been hot on Njoku since he was a rookie. Um, I think he, he was sidelined a bit by injury, but apart from that, he's been, for me, the best tight end in that organisation. So I think that's that's where we're going to start with. We're going to move to safety for the second position. Um, I must warn you, Steve, he has been franchise tagged as well, Njoku. Njoku's been franchise tagged? Yeah, yeah. Why? He hasn't um, had the level of success at that. Uh, yeah, that surprised that, me a lot. That disappointed me a lot. When when was that announced? Because obviously um, the problem I, that I had with this was I, I was sitting writing a lot of this down today and yesterday as deals were being announced and franchise tags were being placed. Yeah. So a lot of this I had to actually rewrite because halfway through the article it's like, oh, he's just been like tagged 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually the first announcement they had of um, franchise tagging. This year, says here two days ago. So it was done yeah. before the Jesse Bates re-signing. It was done before Orlando Brown got franchise tagged. And yeah. then a day or two before, a day before the Gasicki and Dalton Schultz news. Um, wow. So I Looking at free agent tight ends, you may want to do instead. I mean, there's Zach Hurts, Jimmy Graham, uh, Gronkowski, CJ Uzuma. No, no, no. Let's, let's be reasonable, right? As I do have other other tight ends here, but in terms of the best fit for the offense, right? To me, Dallas need a second pass catching tight end. Mm-hmm. So realistically, I'd say they're probably going to look at Evan Engel. Um, I don't think they're going to look at the likes of Gronk. I don't think Gronk's going to be around. I think he's going to retire. Um, I don't think Zach Hurts, considering what he achieved in Philly would even contemplate coming and playing for someone like Dallas, mm-hmm. um, which just leaves you, you know, maybe the likes of O.J. Howard, who has been sitting in that Gronkowski shadow for a couple of years, and I actually thought would stay in Tampa. But if he opts for free agency, he's going to be one of the best you know, options on the market. Yeah, and I think I think that would, um, you know, we saw with, um, I think the classic example of two tight ends, we all saw with the Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez um, combination all those years ago. So I think that, we're not seeing enough of that these days to two tight end um, actually working to full effect. I thought maybe the Patriots would do it last year with Hunt Henry and um, Johnny Smith, but uh, only really one of them seemed to perform um, in terms of receiving. So, yeah, I think it's interesting if they do go tight end. Um, but who else have you gone for in the free agency market? So for the second position, they're looking at safety um, because the Cowboys have got Jaron Kers, DeMonte Kazee and Mike got out of contract this year. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't see any of those getting franchise tagged. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, but... I don't think I saw anything. I think from what I see, the only players that have been franchise tagged are Jesse Bates, Njoku, Alanda Brown, Gazicki Schultz, um, obviously the Mike Williams and Russell Wilson stuff. Um, Chris Godwin's been franchise tagged. Devontae Adams has been franchise tagged. And all of a sudden, the news came out of Landry being extended and Wagner being released. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, the, the options that I've got here are actually still valid then. 
So I, I reckon that you know the, the Cowboys from from Kers, Kazee, and Hooker, they probably should move on from at least two out of three of those. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they had a, a, a you know, they had the fortunate situation where they had, they had rookie come through last year who genuinely looks as though he could be a good long term fit. Um, his interception rate was fantastic. His ability to mark the man maybe not quite so much, but I think from that he'd de- he'd benefit from uh, some seriously experienced. Uh, you know, covering that position. So for me, I reckon that they should probably make a run at Devin McCourty from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, McCourty's, you know, he's, he's in his thirties now. His contract's up. Belichick doesn't like to pay big money to to star players. Uh, McCourty's obviously he's definitely going to test the free agency market. And the Cowboys have a little bit of cap room now with those restructures. He'd be a very very good uh, target. Jesse Bates actually was probably one of the people I would have recommended there before he got tagged. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely. That's the second one. What do you think? Yeah, I think that we saw with Dan Quinn last season a massive improvement in that defense. We saw Ulster Parsons came in. You know, he was impressive, rookie of the year um, in terms of defense side of things. And then, of course, Trevon Diggs has been amazing, interception leader, uh, most in the league. So, yeah, I think that they're improving on that side of the ball. And I think that another player on the secondary will only help. Um, then going forward. So yeah, I, I like that. All right. So we're going to go to the third one, and this is this is one where I actually think a franchise tag might happen, but I'm not sure. Mm, yeah. So this this is the the Cowboys needed to fix their interior line because there were a few too many times last season where uh, where they were getting to uh, to Dak, um, but the one side they weren't getting to Dak on was the side where you'd find Connor Williams. Now Connor Williams, um, he's in a situation where. He had a stellar year last year. Uh, I don't think there were any pressures coming off his side at all when he played. Um, they, he was injured for a little bit. Uh, they experimented with playing Conor McGovern at left guard, but Conor McGovern is more of a he's a Swiss Army knife of a player. He can play pretty much across that entire line, mm-hmm. um, but he's not a specialist. Um, and for that, I think that if, if Williams is going to go, um, you know, it may well be that he's one of the next ones franchise tag, or maybe one they're in the background, they're negotiating a big longer term contract. But realistically, um, there are two players that would probably fit in there quite well. Uh, Brandon Scherf would be one. Uh, Brandon Scherf is, yeah. again, he's a, at the moment, he, he played left guard in college, but he plays right guard for Washington. But he is a very balanced player. Um, whether or not he's the best fit for that position, or whether or not Lakin Tomlinson would be the best better fit because Lincoln Thomas is the best natural left guard in that position. I don't know, but one of those two, if they lose, Connor Williams absolutely has to be the replacement. Definitely, definitely. Um, now, let's head to your team, the Philadelphia Eagles, one I'm sure you're very excited to talk about. Um, so which three agents did your team target in this offseason? Right, so I'm going to start a wide receiver. Uh, and it's just like, just just go already, Jalen Rager. Just go, run, be free. <laughs> yeah. Mostly just run, you know, out the stadium onto a plane into another stage where I never have to witness your Roberto Duran like hands of stone drop another key pass. Uh, and you can take the ineffective GG Sega Whiteside with you so we can go out and pick up someone like DJ Shark. Ooh, yes. I genuinely yeah. think that's a talent that would fit in beautifully with uh, with Hertz. Uh, it's not a, a massive deep threat that we we don't need a massive deep threat because Hertz doesn't throw deep threats. We mm-hmm. need guys that run routes. We need guys can do the 10, 15 yard runs, just drag it up the field. Uh, and we need guys that can you know compete um, for those contested balls. 
And I reckon that Chark is, is the man there. Uh, I did have Michael Gallup down there as a potential one because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, looking at someone in division who can come in and who knows the system of your, your opponents, mm-hmm. not a bad plan. Um, Alan Robinson, I considered, but I think Robinson is going to be the big money pickup this year. I think someone is going to pay him a lot. We talk about franchise tags. I was very surprised to see the Bears did not franchise tag Alan Robinson because, let's be entirely honest, they don't have much of a wide receiver core. Um, so unless they have plans in the draft or they already have something in place in terms of trades, uh, I thought that was a really bad move. Mm, I, I know I know he was franchise tag last year. Um, I don't know whether they just thought, because I know he was... He had his probably his worst year of his career last year. I thought he was only got one or two touchdowns the whole year or something like that. He wasn't very good last year. I'm sure Luke on our podcast will tell us more about that. But um, but yeah, he's, I he's think playing that... with a bad young rookie quarterback. Yeah. And I don't care what Luke says. Justin Fields last season was very very average for a rookie. Yeah, I mean he wasn't great. I mean really none of the apart from apart from Mac Jones and you can maybe argue maybe Davis Mills, none of the rookie quarterbacks really excel. Trey Lance didn't really get the chance. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was not very good. Zach Wilson was even worse. Um, so I think with Justin Fields, whilst he was average at best, Matt Nagy was terrible. So I think maybe with a new head coach, but again, I, I, I do question them, you know, if they're wanting Fields to succeed and they brought in a defensive-minded coach, I do question that as well. Like how, unless he's got a really good offensive mind to come in as a coordinator, uh, I just don't personally, you know, um, is, it, is it Brian Eberfaust or something like that his name is? I just don't really see that working if they want Fields to succeed. But um, certainly when it comes to Robinson, I think there'll be a lot of teams after him, a lot of teams after him. I think um, in terms of offensive weapons, I think really only Leonard Fournette is probably the only one really that I think will have more suitors and Alan Robinson in the whole free agency when it comes to um when it comes to players teams one in any position on offense. Yeah Brian Brian Evenflow that's what I'm going to refer to him from now on because I can't even I, I can't be bothered trying to work out what his proper name is. Yeah you, you, you'll be there yeah and he'll be gone again won't he? So there's no point there's no point remembering his name. That's it. <laughs> that's just the way the bears work. <laughs> so Steve, who is your second player that they should target? Right. So, um, we need a pass rusher. I don't think this comes as a surprise to anyone who's listening. <laughs> uh, if you if you look at us last season, yeah, our pass rush, such as it was, com- <laughs> was combined for a total of two sacks. Uh, that would be, as in Derek Barnett got two sacks, Ryan Kerrigan didn't get any. Um, and that has to change because we're in a division where, you know, there's no really dominant pass rushers. And that could be a game changer in terms of the our divisional matches. Um, we don't have we have a, t- we have a couple of teams where the offensive line isn't the greatest. And if we could get some quality, uh, you know, outside linebacker, you know, or defensive end, and just really get at quarterbacks, I think our season next year will be much much better. Um, I really want to annoy my friend Chris by suggesting that we should go for Von Miller because Von Miller will be a contract. Yeah, yeah, but. I think realistic. I mean, I, I want to see how we just go out, break the bank. We've got some cap room this year. Get us someone that absolutely wrecks the QBs in this division. Because at the moment, the only thing that wrecks QBs in this division is the turf at FedEx Field. Uh, so yeah. and the fans. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. When they when they fall on top of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think we'll get Von Miller. Um, I really, I really want to see us make a right Chandler Jones. 
Mm. Uh, I think Chandler yeah. Jones is out there. I think Chandler Jones would be the, a nice fit, an experienced player. Um, he, I mean, he'll bring on the guys around him. Um, and the only other real option in that position is Jadavian Clowney, who I loved, absolutely loved when the, the Jags drag, um, drafted him. But I think has season on season either underperformed or just got that a little bit slower, a little bit less uh, less explosive. So yeah, Chandler Jones, that's that's the guy I want to come in. I want him to come in so we've got a pass rush next year. Him on one side, Burnett on the other, just destroy things. That is not bad. And um, your final player, the Eagles should target. Well, again, this is one of those that we have a little bit of cap rooms, so let's let's go for someone who I think is a bit of a bit of a star. Um, I talked earlier about the issues the Cowboys have with their secondary. And I've talked all season about how with the Eagles, we've had um, a decent run defence and a terrible secondary. Um, with the exception of Darius Slay, who you know last season, again, just proved how good a player he is. He's someone I rated massively in Detroit, and I think his career can only get better now that he's gotten out of Detroit. Um, I think that outside of Darius Slay, we were getting, we were getting hammered downfield so often. So I wanted to go get a decent veteran safety, and since we've got all that money, I want the honey badger. Oh, yes. That. I want the honey badger in Philly. Honey badger <laughs> in the middle. Darius Slay outside. I think we would be very, very, very good in our secondary next year. And we really need that extra cover. Because without a pass rush, quarterbacks are getting a lot of time through, which means they're getting a little bit of time through deep. Mm. So, yeah, let's get that one done. Yeah, I think with Eagles, all well, they're in a good position to actually, you know, the, the, the draft is seen as a very defensive heavy draft this year and of course Eagles have three draft picks in the first round so I think you could really get some good options whether that's in any position but I think if you're wanting some defensive options I think you've got the perfect chance with what is looking to be a very good defensive draft um, finally the newly named Washington Commanders uh, they finished third in the a- NFC East last season so Steve which three players are you saying they should target? Well, I'm, I, it, this one feels weird, and to be honest, I'm just going to call them the Cobra Commanders from this season. Because like, let's be honest, they are run by one of the most evil guys in football, and Dan Snyder. So he absolutely fits that moniker. <sighs> anyway, position-wise, this will surprise absolutely nobody. Washington need a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, without Taylor, doubt. Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke is not a good quarterback. No, Ryan Fitzpatrick no. is nearly 40 years old. Um, they let Colt McCoy disappear which was probably not a bad plan. Um, they they publicly contacted all 31 NFL teams in the offseason asking for an update on the availability of their quarterbacks. So they know it as much as I know it. And yeah. they know it. Um, unfortunately for them, the free agency pool this year is not that deep. So they are going to have to, if they're going to put someone in, they probably are going to trade either a draft pick or a player for them. Um, Teddy Bridgewater would be a good stopgap. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that Russell Wilson's in Denver, and, and obviously Teddy's not going to see a lot of time. Uh, Tyrod Taylor wouldn't be a bad fit mm. for that uh, that offense. Um, again, someone who can play back up, but can step up. And I I like him. Um, Tyrod Taylor's obviously biggest enemy is you know doctors, and medical <laughs> staff. <laughs> um, yeah. Or and you you'll appreciate this one because you've dealt with this. Jacoby Brissett. Oh no 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 no! I, I've dealt with him and I had <laughs> I defended him last year and he was. I mean I think Josh Rosen's the worst callback I've seen since I've been the fan. But he's out there. Wait, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. You have seen Nathan Peterman. Okay. That's not been the worst. You have watched Nathan Peterman play for the Bills. Yeah. 
But it's, right. in, terms of, in terms of Dolphins quarterbacks, I've not seen any worse than Josh Rosen. But um, right. I think, I will say, I think the worst quarterback I've seen is Mike Glennon in, in, in any team. I think um, Peeman was terrible, but Glennon keeps getting these chances and keeps getting, I don't know how he's getting these chances, but um, he seems... I'll get to Glennon up. in a minute because you've still got me to go for the Giants. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... All right, so if we if we don't feel that Jacoby Brissett's a great fat, then probably Tyrod Taylor's the, the best you know veteran out there in the free agency market. Washington will almost certainly trade for quarterback this season. There's no way they can draft because it's not a deep draft uh, a draft mm. deep draft uh, position in the, the the draft this year. And yeah, they, they're just they're a mess. <laughs> I mean, I personally think that the best option for them is probably someone like Jimmy Garoppolo. But in terms of free agents. One player that was mentioned in the, in the AFC part of our podcast was uh, Mitch Trubisky. I don't think Trubisky will use the Bills. I think he quite likes being the, the number two there. Do you reckon? I don't think he has. I, I think if Trubisky stays at the Bills, he has a much better chance of winning a ring than anywhere else he goes to be a star. So mm. for Trubisky, it has to be a decision on, am I? do I want to take the money and do I want to chase that first, first start or do I want to stay here as the backup and maybe get a ring? And I think Trubisky might, this season anyway, he might stick it out at the Bills. But we'll we wait and see. He might well be, maybe ego-driven, you never know. Yeah. Um, and then other players you'd like to see Washington target? Uh, well, Washington need two other positions for me. Um, the gu- uh, guard, obviously, I, I mentioned earlier about Connor Williams possibly going, uh, about um, Brandon Scherf going. So Connor Williams, Brandon Scherf swapping roles, swapping teams wouldn't mm-hmm. be a bad fit. The Washington, one thing they do have going for them this year is a lot of cap room, um, probably the most, I think, in the division at the moment. So it's not as though they're going to be struggling too much. Um, plus, I think if uh, I think when Sheriff goes, if he gets picked up, same as Williams, um, they are due a third or fourth on compensatory pick. So it's, it's not as though they're going to struggle for, for draft, people in the draft this year. Um, but, yeah, they haven't given up re- the hopes of resigning Sheriff. But I think bringing in Connor Williams... And, and literally doing a, you know, mm-hmm. the two of them going to free agency, the two of them swapping teams. They both bring knowledge of their opponents, the opposing team. That'd probably work out well for them. And then finally, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Now, this one was a bit odd because obviously Washington for me have probably the, the best receiver in the division in, in Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry. Mm-hmm. Every time we play against him, I just expect him to torches, especially with how bad our secondary has been. They've got a solid number two there in Curtis Samuel. Mm, but yes. you look beneath that, and in terms of depth, it's more shallow than a Dan Snyder apology. <laughs> so a, a great move for them would be, a really good move for them would be to stay in division uh, and move for Amari Cooper. Now, mm, we've, yeah. we've seen we've seen this week that looks as the Cowboys will cut Cooper because they, they don't want to pay him the 2021 20, million this year because they're having to pay 25 million to a very, very dodgy running back. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually think Cooper would be a perfect fit there. Um, give them that that proper kind of two two scary scary outlets out wide, and and Sammy running the slot. I think that would give any quarterback that comes in enough weapons, and it would it would attract a quality quarterback to the team, given that he'd look at it and say, "This is mm-hmm. who I have to throw to." Um, I think on the ground they've actually got a pretty decent team already. I think Antonio Gibson can be there for the next two three years. But yeah, wide receiver. If they put in that third uh, that third weapon, they will, it will help them attract a quality quarterback next season, which is what they desperately need. Definitely, definitely. Um, talking of desperate needs, um, the whole 
the York Giants organization is uh, one you could argue. I mean, there's um, plenty of holes to fill when you look at the Giants. I mean, there's, I mean, who have they got really when I think about it? They've got, I mean, on his day, Saquon Barkley, but he's been a, he's not been really good since his rookie year because of injury. Um, who have they got on their team? They've got, I mean, I like the guy they dropped after last year, um, Aziz Ojulari. He's someone I think had an okay rookie year, and I think he's someone that's got potential and someone else very high on in the draft. Um, apart from him, maybe Williams, but their team is is desperate for something to inspire them. So this could be a real open, open question for you, Steve, but um, which three players do you think the Giants should target? Listen, I, I, you, you hit the nail on the head there. The only thing that would improve the Giants organization is a tactical nuclear strike in the training ground, which wiped out the entire roster because there's so little genuine talent there. And a lot of it is on big contracts that they can't get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they swept the house in the, the back in the front office this week, this season. So Gettleman and Judge are gone. Income two new guys, two guys, especially at, uh, at GM, where I think someone is going to try and make a name for himself in that first season by going out, you know, and getting, you know, bringing in some serious talent. So the first place, and this this should come as a surprise to absolutely nobody, the Giants need a new quarterback. Oh, without doubt. They're, they're the only people keeping the Daniel Jones in that job were Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge. They were the only two people on planet Earth that looked at him and said, that's a franchise quarterback. That's the guy that should run our team. Um, nobody else did. And now that they're gone, I think that Jones has been protected from on high for that two, three seasons. I see his time in, in New York is up. He's dropping and being a backup. I mean, this is a guy who got benched for Mike Glennon. He got benched <laughs> for Mike Glennon. That right? does say it all. I mean, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I can't think of more demeaning things than that in life, let alone, let alone the NFL. I mean, to be um, benched for him, that's a real side that maybe... You shouldn't be starting in the NFL. He's he is a fumble machine. He trips over his own feet, and his accuracy at times can be described as Peterman-esque. Oh God! There's no way to describe it. I mean, I will um, say the, the, I, one, the one thing he's got is mobility. That's the only thing he's got. He's had a couple of moments where he scored a touchdown, impressive. But apart from that, there's nothing else he offers really to add to. Yeah, go and go and draft a running back. <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> you know, if you get you on a quarterback, he's no Lamar Jackson. He's not even a Jalen Hurts. Right, he's nah. at that stage now where he's just. He's been surpassed. Um, every trick that he has, the, league, the players know about. They had to run so many option plays last year for let, to let him run to try and get downs because they know throwing-wise and accuracy-wise he's terrible. Um, yeah, anyone that gets benched for Mike Glennon is, is just done in the NFL for me. Um, and this is an odd team that they would benefit from just a veteran. They would be- benefit from a Teddy Bridgewater. They would benefit from a Tyrod Taylor. Um, and whichever one of those two doesn't go and set the Redskins, sorry, the Cobra Commandos, definitely should be should be picking up in, in New York. And then your second player? Uh, well, this is this is more of a necessity than anything else. So a couple of days ago, the Giants cut Kyle Rudolph. Um, we talked earlier about Evan Ingram and how it looks as though his time in New York is done. He's, he's gone through his rookie contract. They're not going to franchise tag Evan Ingram. Um, not with his injury history. He is, when he's fit and on the field, an excellent pass-catching tight end, but he's not on the field nearly often enough. Mm-hmm. And I think um, the, this is this is not a position that you waste any high draft picks on. You look at the best tight ends in the league, they all came in anywhere like third, fourth, sixth round. They, you don't waste a draft pick on this. 
So you, you go out, you look at the Titan market, which is actually, the Titan market is, is pretty loaded this season. Um, someone who I think made a real name for himself last year, and you know, I don't think we're going to see a franchise tag on. I think Robert Tonyan from the Packers would be a really good fit here. Uh, again, his blocking's pretty good. I'm not going to say the best, but his blocking's reasonable. We didn't see Rodgers get sacked too many times last season. And he has got very, very solid hands. And what they need is a pass-catching center, uh, tight end. So he's he's the man there. There's also Moali Cox from the Colts, mm-hmm. who yep. um, he feels like more of a blocking tight end to me. Um, he, is, he is an option. He does have good hands, but he's I, I, I think he's going he's likely to stay somewhere in the, the AFC. I don't see him coming anywhere near the, uh, the near the NFC East. And then finally, your final player for the Giants, that's what you should target? So I talked to a lot of Giants fans uh, and they, they generally, well, we have problems with offensive line, you know, we, we have problems with the pass rush, we, we need to get this, we need to get that. you got to hear me out in this one. I think it's time that the Giants end the experiment and trade Saquon Barkley. Mm. and go and get themselves a new running back. Um, yeah, they've already I've... cut Devontae Booker this week. Um, and when you look beyond Barkley and Booker, there is absolutely no depth at that position whatsoever. And this is a division which historically, every team that has won the division or even been competitive in the division has done so based on a viable run game, which the Giants just don't have. Um, their run game, you said earlier, their run game right now is Daniel Jones. That's how bad yeah. they are. Right? <laughs> yeah. now, if Daniel Jones had the talent of a Lamar Jackson, I'd say that's not a bad thing, but he doesn't. So uh, the, the Giants uh, are running back are in a terrible position. Um, I don't think they'll repeat what they did with Sacco, and I don't think they'll pick, take a running back in the, the draft. I think they will trade for someone. You mentioned Leonard Fournette. I think he's an mm. excellent pick. Um, he's someone who... If they they trade they bring in Fournette in free agency and then they use their uh, the draft picks to pick up the offense offensive linesman, I think they could have a better season this year. Mm, yeah. um, but I think of the four teams in the division, the Giants are arguably the weakest and need the biggest rebuild. So yeah, uh, let's running back. Let's go out. Let's get a New York running game again and let's have four really competitive teams in that division because I'm an Eagles fan. But I'm also a fan of competitive, fun football, right? And I do not want to see us play the Giants and end up 6-3 again because, you know, the Giants commit to stuffing the run and then we just don't let to do anything offensively because they don't have, they defensively because they don't have anything on offense and we just get like a field goal fest. Um, a friend of mine called Paul, he's a big fan of the old defensive masterclass when you get a game like that. I hate it. I hate it. I want to see free scoring games between talented players you know, I want to see that ball going 40 yards down there and contested balls and wide receivers. I want to see running backs that can break the line, get that 15, 20 yards or just go the whole the whole way. That's what I want to see in football. I'm not a big fan of these slow, defensive-minded games. You know, I'm not saying they bore me. I understand them. I can see, you know, I can see how you can appreciate them, but it's not for me. I'm not a fan of defensive football. No, I, I me neither. I mean, I think I, I like, I like, certainly I like, uh, I like playoff games when they like when it's like that. When you get a regular season game, that means absolutely nothing. Like I don't know, a one in ten team against a three and nine team or something, and it, and, it, and it's like the final score is nine six. I mean that's not a fun watch for, for anyone. But I think I don't mind it when it comes to the playoffs because you know there's a lot riding on it. But um, certainly, I think most NFL fans are in favour of the high scoring games. 
Um, uh, breaking news, breaking news. I'm going to break this one to you right now. Ooh, one of those positions has just been filled. Oh, go on, tell me more. The Washington Commanders okay. have just signed Carson Vents. What? Is that you serious? <laughs> you need to go and look this one up. Oh, I'm the, uh, that's, that's breaking news right on the pod. That, that seems breaking. to be breaking news, yeah. Have a look, have a look. It looks as though Carson Vents Oh, is it is, wave. they are. They're the going commanders. Carson Wentz. That's, wow, wow, that's... Um, so I'm just reading Rappaport on this just now. Let's see yeah. goes. They will get, the Colts will get a third round this year, a third round next year. That could be upgraded to a second round or next year. Oh, the uh, commanders have been ro- royally. Um, well, this is just the Colts, right? Putting on the commanders what we put on them. We yeah. got their first round pick for events. Now they're trying to get as many picks as they can back for them. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is, that is terrible news for the commanders. But <laughs> yeah. a massive upgrade. A massive upgrade on what they currently have, which is yeah. absolutely awful. It is true. I mean, for them, they haven't really given up too much to get him. So it's all, it is quite a risk-free deal. It's not like they give, like, you know, when the, the Colts gave up first-round picks and stuff like that, I think that obviously was more risky. But with this, I think to give up obviously a second and third round pick, you said, um, for me, I think that's, I think, we keep saying if he comes back to his form, but I don't think he'll ever get back to the form he was doing before his injury. I think that injury has completely ruined his career. Um, but you never know. Um but yeah, I think that's but whatever we say about Wentz, he is an upgrade on Taylor Heineke. So on that point of view, I mean they can they, they could use the run game more, they can go for a run first offense, they could rely on Antonio Gibson a lot and JD McKissick. That could be the way they go and sort of limit Wentz's involvement, a bit like the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. But that, that's what the Colts did last year, isn't it? They they went yeah. so heavily in Jonathan Taylor last year and Wentz was but the problem with that is if you lean on them and you get that result with the run game, which as as I said earlier, the NFC East, you know, teams need a solid run game. That division is built on a solid run game. If you lean on that, at some point you have to then come back and lean on events. And what you showed last year was when when it comes time for him to perform, for him to you know, the chips are down, events under delivers. We won a Super Bowl yeah. with Nick Foles, and there was no, you know, that was not a shock to, to Eels fans. Because we were like, yeah, Vince is great, but when Vince was under pressure and Vince had to kind of, you know, make that throw, that like thread the needle kind of throw, he just never seemed to deliver. No. Do you think in hindsight maybe you should have stuck with Foles rather than Wentz? Do you know when there was that whole point where it was, you know, where there was Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, Nick Foles had just taken over his spot again and he beat the Bears with a double doink. Um, something I love to be in the same room as with you and Steve, with you and Luke. Um but you don't, you do not. He would not speak to me for two days after that. Really? Oh my god! He, it was like whenever I mentioned it in any group chats, he was just like, "Shut up, shut up." Did you did you watch it together soon. with Luke? No, no. Oh, I would love to have been if you'd been in the same room watching the game. Oh, uh, we would no longer be friends. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But yeah. Do I think we should have stuck with Forbes? Um, realistically. I don't know. I can see how he was looking long term, how he was thinking mm. long term. Vence is a better option. Um, but, and obviously, we've given Vence the big contract, so we kind of had to commit to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think Foles was the better fit for the offense. But Foles, he has, he's demonstrated when he's gone elsewhere. He's not, um, 
He's not the kind of guy you can rely on for a whole season. He's the kind of guy that, you know, you can bring him in for two, three, four games, give him a run, then set him down, give him a run, then set him down. I love Nick Foles because obviously he wants a Super Bowl, but I think in the the long term, how he made the right decision, you can't you can't predict how a quarterback's going to come back from an injury. So we, yeah. you know, he'd given him the contract. We had to roll the dice on that and it didn't work out. Yeah. Although we did get a first round pick for it in the end. So and I will say, I think the season after when he did play, yeah, he came back from injury. I thought there were times where he was really impressive and obviously then he got injured again and that seemed to be the final nail in the coffin. Um, but that is the conclusion of our NFC East part of the podcast. So thank you, Steve, for coming on and giving us your free agency targets. Thanks for your time. No problem at all. So let's head to the next division. Hello and welcome back to the next part of the NFC part of our podcast, our free agency special. Um, sadly, we had some guests lined up for the NFC North, NFC South, NFC West, but due to people's family arrangements, due to COVID, people have had to pull out, unfortunately. So you've got me again, uh, but this is for, I'll be here for the NFC North, the NFC South and the NFC West. Now let's, start, let's go back to the NFC North. Now, Green Bay Packers finished first last year. And for me, obviously, they've had their quarterback petition filled, um, sort of sorted out with the Rogers situation, his contract being done and dusted. So I've gone for three people I think they could do with. Um, they are 31st in the um, cap space uh, rankings this season. They can't go out and get the best players available. So I've gone for three sort of cheap players. I think their team is pretty much good, but I think there's a few areas where I think they could improve. And I found some players here that are fairly cheap on the market. So first of all, I've gone for wide receiver DJ Chark. It's been for years. People have been saying that Rodgers needs a second wide receiver alongside Devontae Adams. And DJ Chark comes quite cheap and he'll be someone that is used to the league. He's used to being a number two. Um, so I think he'll be perfect for that situation alongside Adams and Lazard. And then you've got offensive line. I've gone for Ted Karras, who's a cheap option. He's not the best offensive, offensive lineman in the world, but he is someone that I feel can do a job for cheap money. And the same reason I feel that Leighton van der Esch, it should be their third target. I think he is someone that... When he's played, he's been good and he had a great season with the Cowboys a few years ago. I think injuries have really affected his career, but I think that, you know, he's a, he's a cheap player, he's a, probably a one-year deal sort of player and I think he could be a low-risk deal. That could pay off if he gets back to his true potential. Um, next team I've gone for is the Minnesota Vikings, who did finish second in the NFC North last season. Um, again, I think that there's talk of Deshaun Watson, but Kirk Cousins at the moment is better than any free agent quarterback that's available. Um, so I've gone for, first of all, some help for Cousins. I've gone for right guard Kyle Long. Once again, the Vikings are low down. They're 30th in the um, salary cap rankings. So... Um, Again, I've gone for three cheap players, uh, but some that do bring experience. But Carl Long is one that does bring experience. He's been around the league a long time, and I think he'll be a welcome addition to this offensive line. I think he'll really help out that position. Uh, next up is Kyle Van Noy, someone who does, again, brings experience to this team. He is someone that is, again, very cheap on the market. He's got experience. He's in a position of need in the linebacker position. I think, you know, they struggled a lot defensively at times uh, last year, even with their players coming back from COVID and opt-outs, etc. They weren't quite good last year, and I think that Van Noy will help bring a bit of leadership to the locker room. And then finally, Robert Tonyan. I think they're missing a tight end. I think, you know, he would be a great uh, addition. He's been doing well at Green Bay. I, I don't think he's going to get a new contract due to their salary cap hell. But I do think that Tonyan is a good um, replacement for, for, for a tight end position. I think that he's... 
tough to seeing a, a packer front office selling to the Vikings, but then free agency, you know, um, it's out of their hands really. So I think Tonyan would be a good addition in a tight end position. Um, third team in the AFC North, I thought NFC North last year was the Chicago Bears. Uh, I've gone for help for Justin Fields first of all. I've gone for Sammy Watkins. Uh, they're actually fifth on the salary cap list. They can actually go out and get some big players. Sammy Watkins is someone I feel do well. Um, to replace, you know, he's replacing Alan Robinson. My only issue with that is whether he, you know, he'll be, if Rob, Rob, Robinson does leave, um, he will be the number one choice uh, wide receiver. So I think Sammy Watkins will be a good option. That one's a bit, my only one why I really feel is that the right person to pick. But I've gone for him due to the salary cap of the next person, Von Miller. I think, you know, the main talk of it is him staying in Los Angeles or going back to Denver. But I think if they can get him, that is a brilliant replacement for the departing um, Khalil Mack, who's now gone to the Chargers, been traded for, I believe, a second and a fourth or second and a sixth. So I think Von Miller will be a great addition. And then finally, a Dominic Sue. Again, someone who brings experience to this team. And I think he'll be someone that'll be, again, cheap on the market. And I think he'll be... Um, great for this best defence with a new defensive-minded head coach in Brian Eberflaus. I think they will certainly perform well um, if they have these, if they bring these three players in. And then finally, the last team um, in the NFC North is the Detroit Lions, who are fifteenth on the salary cap um, list this year. So I've gone for three players. I think they can afford and three players. I've gone for all players on defence. I'm actually quite happy with the Lions' offence if you exclude Jared Goff. I think that. Um, John Trey Swift is a good running back I really like Armour on Sam Brown and I really like TJ Hawkinson so I think that and they've got a few good players like Vai Tai and Sewell on the offensive line so I've gone for defence I mean I think they will go out and get a defensive stud in the draft with their second overall pick but I do think that they still need some defensive help and some leadership in a team that's really lacked it in pretty much for the whole time I've been alive um so the first player I've gone for is a player I've mentioned before I'm a big fan of. It's Akeem Hicks. I think he is, for me, one of the most underrated defensive players in the entire league. And I think he is someone that would be a great, great addition to any team. And I think the Lions will be lucky to get someone as good as him. Um, similarly, Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, I think he's obviously his age has caught up with him a little bit. But he's been good the last few years. And he was really good in that Tampa Bay Super Bowl run. So I think Jason Pierre-Paul would be someone that would... Uh, maybe only a one or two year fix, but I think he they would he would definitely suit the Dan Campbell bite your kneecap sort of play. So Jason Pierre Paul is someone I've gone for as my second choice for the Lions, and then finally third choice Calais Campbell. Again, it's down to the experiencing which they need. Uh, Calais Campbell, he is definitely aging. He's not the player he was, but I think he has some worth definitely for a year or two on a cheap deal. I think Calais Campbell would be a brilliant addition to this Lions team. Um, so that is the yeah, NFC North. Uh, let's now head to the NFC South, which um, in, obviously Tampa Bay won the division last season. Um, and of course, the big news for them in the offseason was that they lost Tom Brady to retirement. Um, so quarterback becomes a position because I can't see Blaine Gabbert being the quarterback starting in week one come 2022 campaign. So I've gone for a callback. You may not think possible, but I've gone for Marcus Mariota. He's a man that's not been mentioned so far on his podcast, despite the many callbacks like James Winston and um, Mitch Trubisky that have been mentioned so far on this list. But Mar- Marcus Mariota, I think, is someone that I'm surprised not more people are talking about him because I think, yes, he wasn't a great quarterback, but I think he definitely wasn't He wasn't good, but he wasn't bad. He was sort of a okay quarterback and I think that he's definitely got some potential and I think you know with and the Bruce Arians uh, I think he can do something uh, I I don't think he's gonna be there someone's gonna win him win him games like Tom Brady did but I do think with that with Stephen Corley still got of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans 
uh, I think. And obviously, still some good players on defence like Devin White, Shaq Barrett. I think Mariota can be a good job. And I think if Leonard Fournette leaves, Mariota will be perfect for that sort of dual threat. And I think that that will neutralise a lot of Fournette. So I've gone for Mar- Marcus Mariota as my first player. Um, second player, I've gone for Bob- Bobby Wagner. I think Bobby Wagner is, again, someone... They are 25th on the salary cap list, so... I don't know whether they can afford him, but I think Wagner may want to go to a team that could challenge, and I think he may feel Tampa Bay is the answer, even without Tom Brady, because with those players he's got around him, maybe he'll feel that defence can win in games more than offence. Um, and then third player, again, I've gone for the same players before, for the same reasons I've mentioned previously, Akeem Hicks, wonderful player. He'd be a great addition to his Tampa Bay offence. Um, second place in the NFC South last season with the New Orleans Saints. Um, so the first player I've gone for, they are 29th in the salary cap list. So again, I've gone for players that are fairly cheap with, with the exception of one. I think he would be someone they would probably go out and get. Um, CJ Uzuma is a player I think they could get. Um, you know, he's fairly cheap. Tight end of position of need. They haven't really got a good one at the moment. And I think he'll be, he proved it in the season just gone that he's an excellent player. So get him in, that will really help this um, New Orleans offense. I would have gone for quarterback, but I do really believe that James, James Winston is going to be re-signed by the Saints. Um, and if not, they'll, they'll always take some hill. Um, so second player I've gone for is Tyron Matthew. I think yeah, he's expensive for what their salary cap is, but I think they could do some jigging around and potentially find a way to get him in. And I think he'd be a brilliant addition to this um, New Orleans Saints um, secondary. And then finally, a cheap option. I've gone for Richie Incognito, an def- offensive line that is fairly good, but I think he just add extra depth, extra strength to this offensive line. That would really help whoever's starting quarterback for the Saints come week one, 2022. Um, third team in the NFC South last year was the Atlanta Falcons, who we all saw in London last season, of course. Um, again, they're 13th on the list, so I've gone for uh, two players that are fairly will be fairly pricey in the free agency market. And then one player that's fairly cheap, I believe. Um, the cheap player is JG McKissick. I think that was called off Patterson, likely to leave via free agency. They need they need a replacement. If they don't re-sign Patterson, I think they could get someone like JG McKissick. He's been a great number two at Washington, but I do feel now is his time to go out and get that number one um, spot on the roster for running back. So I think this might be his time, and I think he could do this at Atlanta. So he's my first target for the Falcons. The uh, next team I'm focus- the next player, sorry, I'm focusing on is Chandler Jones. Again, one of the more expensive players in, in his position in free agency, but I think he is a brilliant player and I think he'll be a brilliant addition to this defence, which has been lacking some stars in recent years. And then finally, third um third player on my list is another expensive acquisition, but I think he's someone that would really improve their offensive line and help Matt Ryan. Is Brandon Chef. I think he's an excellent player and I think he is going to really help this defensive line if he comes in because that is probably one thing they've lacked for many years is help protecting Matt Ryan. And then finally, Carolina Panthers finished fourth. They are 10th on the salary cap list, but I'm expecting a big off-season from the Carolina Panthers. First of all, if they are, I think there's been talk of them trading out Christian McCaffrey and getting lots of picks for him, which I think then they would use on Deshaun Watson. And I think that would be where they'd go at quarterback. I don't think Sam Donald and I don't think Cam Newton is the answer in the position. Um, so for that reason, 
My first player I've gone for is Leonard Fournette. They can get him a free agency. He will praise Christian McCaffrey and do just as good as a job. And he can also, you know, if they get the Sean Watson, someone who's quite mobile, they've got the option of using Fournette in both the passing game and the ground game. So Leonard Fournette is my first target. I think any team needing a running back, he's the number one target for me. He's the best running back available. And he is someone that I think would really help the Carolina Panthers. Um, same reasons before, I've gone for CJ Uzuma. Uh, again, tight end is not a position they've, they're excelling in. So getting him in would be brilliant. And then finally, some help for whoever's quarterback next season. And Teron Armstead, for me, is the best offensive line. And they've got the salary cap to buy him and get him in free agency. So I'm saying Teron Armstead to go to the Panthers. And then finally, the final division is the NFC West. Now, this is before Russell Wilson's trade, seen as the best division in the NFL. Uh, but I think maybe with the Russell Wilson trade, maybe not. We've still got three really good teams, and the Seattle Seahawks will now be um, probably the worst team in the league for a few years, unless they get someone in, in a callback in the offseason that will change that, maybe to Sean Watson. Um, but let's go back to the first place in the, in the NFC West and first place in the NFL as Super Bowl champions. Los Angeles Rams are 31st on the list for salary cap. So for me, I, I found it hard to pick players for them because they've got such a good team. It's very hard to find players that actually they would need. But I've gone for three cheap options that would just add depth to this team. Um, first of all, Leighton Van Der Esch, cheap option at linebacker. If Von Miller goes, he'd be someone I could slot straight in. Um, same reason I've got Justin Houston, number two. Again, a great player on defence that could just go out and help add depth and strength to this team. And he can go out and get a ring, potentially. And then finally, Riley Reef offensive line. Again, I don't think that's a bigger problem for, it, for them. But I do feel that he would just add strength and add cover in case, you know, certain players go down or even he could start and those players that he's replaced could be there as cover. So I think overall the Rams are in a good place and I think that even though they're in a horrible salary cap situation, they're in a brilliant offensive and defensive personnel position. So yeah, I've gone for three options there that are fairly cheap, but I think they would all do a good job for the Rams. Um, second team in the NFC West last year was the Arizona Cardinals, who were actually the team who went the longest spell in the season unbeaten. They took to, I believe, week 11 to lose their first game of the year. Um, again, their team's pretty good on both sides of the ball, but I've gone for three players I think that could help. First of all, Larry Ogunjobi, again, just defensive help, and I think he'd be a good... He's cheap as well, because they're 20th on the, on the list, so... They're not bad, they're not good in terms of salary cap, they're just somewhere in the middle. But I think Ogunjobi would be a brilliant addition to this team. Um, Eric Fisher would be one I think could help. Um, again, he's cheap and he's someone um, that would certainly be of need. And then finally, Jared Cook, tight end. Is, I mean, if Zach Hurts goes, Jared Cook can just slot straight in and uh, replace him and do as equal a good job. And I don't think they even used Zach Hurts that much last season. So uh, he wouldn't be used as much as maybe he wants to, but at the end of the day, he's still a good player to have in that position. Uh, third team in the NFC South, NFC West, sorry, last season, were the San Francisco 49ers, who are 27th in the salary cap list. They, of course, got all the way to the NFC Championship game, stunning the Packers along the way and the Cowboys. Um, again, Jimmy G's likely to go, but they've got Trey Lance to come in, so quarterback's not really an issue for them. I've gone for Tyron Matthew. I think he's will be their big big um, acquisition if they go and get him. Again, secondary is not really the best position for the 49ers. So getting someone like Tyron Matthew in would certainly be able to cover that. Uh, but Dominic Sue brings experience, brings um, 
talents his defence and he'd be someone that they could do with. And then finally, Lauren Duvernay-Tardif would be a good cheap option at the offensive line. Not that there's a bad one again, but I think it's just extra depth. Like with the um, like with the Rams, I think it's just someone there to help fill the deed and fill the depth. And then finally, the final team on the whole podcast and in the NFC West is the Seattle Seahawks. Of course, if we're doing it last week, it could be a lot different, but I've gone for a quarterback in my, in my three, which I never thought I'd be saying, but Wilson has left the Seahawks. So there is a... Um, glaring need there but before we do that let's hear from a guest that we've had on previous podcasts who sent us a voice note is Seattle Seahawks fan Javan and he is gonna let us know his thoughts on the departure of Russell Wilson. Simply put it was either Pete Carroll leaving or Russell Wilson leaving. What happened was the relationship had been broken for quite some time. I think Tom Brady winning um, you know his arguably last Super Bowl with Tampa Bay definitely contributed to that because it saw, you know, Russell Wilson just very frustrated that he, um, you know, a player like Tom Brady with, with the age of what he was getting that many weapons and yet Seattle, you know, they weren't giving Russell the weapons and, you know, the game that we play is very defensive, it's very, like, archaic even at times compared relatively to the other teams of today um i think ultimately if you ask any seahawk fan like you're asking me now we all know that um he was going to leave because it was easier to get rid of wilson than it was to get rid of carol and you weren't going to get rid of carol if Carroll is the one who essentially runs the place, because it'd be a harder search than it is for Wilson. Yeah, it's it's actually a shame for them. I really do agree with Javan there. It's been a long time coming, and sadly he is gone. Um, but in terms of his replacement, I think that again they're third on the offensive on the uh, salary cap list, but there isn't a great deal of um, of great quarterback available for. That are really good. So, player service for, I've gone, first of all, I've gone for Dante Fowler. I think Dante Fowler will be a great addition to this defence, which has been poor in recent years. Um, and also Brandon Sheff to fix a bad offensive line. But the quarterback I've gone for is Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone we haven't mentioned yet. I think, you know, he's getting on now. He's 39, 40 years old. He is probably in his last year. I think he might even retire. I can see him retiring potentially this off-season, but if he does carry on and he does find a new team, I think the Seahawks, first of all, will be another team to play for. It'll be take off another team on his list of teams he's played for. But I think for one year, I think he could do a good job. I think Seahawks are probably preparing for an off-year, a down-year, a rebuild. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, like he's done with the Dolphins and like he was going to do with the Washington football team before he um, had his injury, I think he's there, quick fix, someone who will just... Um, fill the void for a year and I think Fitzpatrick will be a good addition for that he's cheap he wouldn't cost him too much he'd bring great leadership he'd be a great character to the dressing room and I think he would certainly help that but yeah that is the conclusion of our NFC pop the podcast and indeed our whole free agency preview now this podcast is being released on a Saturday night and free agency does start on the Monday so there probably gonna be a lot of um, comings and goings in the next few days but of course we're again again with the NFL offseason probably um, again, 
it's again going to be a quite a few weeks. So we're going to have another few weeks off, but we will come back with some draft stuff, um, like some draft, some mock draft, maybe some, maybe some particular teams in there and their sort of draft needs. We will be bringing you some sort of draft content um, near the time, near the time in mid-April when the draft is. And then we'll go from there. So thank you to all our guests that have made an appearance in this episode. And thank you all for listening once again. Um, You have been listening to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast and we will see you next time.